well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. This one for a Monday, September 26th. Hopefully you had a fantastic weekend. It was uh, too short, but it was a good one. I am now officially married to a uh, blue ribbon winner. That's right. My wife uh, won the blue ribbon. Uh, in uh, one of the craft competitions at the Virginia State Fair. So I am super duper excited about that. Also excited about uh, today's guest. Sherry McKnight is going to join us here in just a matter of moments. She is the uh, co-owner of Big Daddy Unlimited and Big Daddy Guns. And we're going to be talking about a uh, situation that is unfortunately not unique to uh, to Big Daddy. Uh, basically, uh, gun stores who either have plans to open up a location or, uh, as my colleague Tom Knighton writes about at Bearing Arms Today, gun stores that uh, have opened up locations that all of a sudden uh, draw the interest of anti-gun activists who then turn around and try to shut these stores down. In Morgantown, West Virginia, Big Daddy had plans to open up a uh, retail location in the downtown area, those plans are no more, unfortunately, because of a pushback from uh, anti-gun activists in the local area. And, you know, this is a genuine concern for gun owners uh, for a couple of reasons. One, if you cannot purchase a firearm, it's awfully hard to exercise your right to keep and bear one, right? But more importantly, well, I want to say more importantly, just as important uh, is the culture war aspect of this. Uh, again, the, uh, the, the desire on the part of anti-gun activists to denormalize gun ownership, to delegitimize our right to keep and bear arms, and to make the exercise of that right appear to be uh, uniquely dangerous, right? So dangerous, in fact, that we have to prevent people from exercising their constitutionally protected rights. How do companies like Big Daddy push back? And what can we as gun owners and consumers do to help? Let's talk about it with Sherry McKnight from Big Daddy Unlimited. Take a look and a listen. Sherry, thank you so much for coming to the program. It's really good talking with you this morning. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for asking. Yeah, you bet. And this is, you know, we've, we've been writing about what's been going on in Morgantown, specifically with Big, big Daddy Guns. But I got to tell you, I mean, over the past couple of months, I've also covered stories from California, Illinois. My colleague Tom Knighton is writing a uh, has written a, a big story about what's going on in Massachusetts right now, where either new gun stores or existing gun stores are all of a sudden seeing this type of anti-gun activism trying to shut them down. Um, so let's talk about specifically what happened in Morgantown. This is West Virginia. This is a constitutional carry state. This is a very second, you know, pro-second amendment friendly state. I was a little surprised to see the pushback to a, a Big Daddy's location there in Morgantown. W when did you first realize that, okay, maybe we're not going to be greeted with the open arms that we were expecting here? Well, um, it's a great question and one that we had not yet experienced. Morgantown was set to be our seventh location, uh, or as lucky number seven, I was calling it. Uh, it did not turn out to be that. Um, when we first got our um, lease together, that was in December of last year. So there was zero pushback. Um, this particular landlord also rents to us another location in Melbourne, Florida, uh, and we had zero problem. So we didn't have any reason to uh, suspect that we would have a problem. But it was when uh, maybe three or four months ago when uh, somehow 
the locals, let's just say, found out a gun store was going to be going into this location. And all of a sudden, a group emerged. And uh, their purpose was to keep us out. And what was interesting about that is we, we are in a location that they would consider downtown. The downtown area over there is actually pretty dead, according to what a lot of the local residents would say. Uh, this is a brand new uh, construction area. We, in my opinion, if you build it, they will come. So we kept saying when everybody asked, why did you choose this location? Why did you choose this downtown area? We, meaning conservative gun owner types, don't go to that area. Um, so we went ahead and took a visit, uh, myself and our um, PR coordinator, Nick. We went down, checked out the area, met amazing conservatives, amazing pro-2A gun owners. We felt at home. This is all also a college town. Uh, um, West Virginia University is there. But even that didn't deter us because we are currently, our original location is sitting in Gainesville, Florida, home of the Gators. So we did not anticipate any pushback whatsoever because in our previous six locations, zero pushback. So what happened? Uh, thanks to your website, which I read daily, uh, Bearing Arms, I started to see a couple of months into the situation that we were not unique. I started to see in Bearing Arms articles that this had happened in other locations. So I realized we were just really part of a larger plan. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm happy to pause there because there's so much I could tell you. And I normally don't even say the name of the group uh, that opposed us. Uh, but I'm happy to tell you, um, you know, what, what transpired. Yeah, please do because uh, you know you're right. This and I and first of all, thanks for reading Bearing Arms and and I'm I'm glad that this is a good resource for you. But uh, but unfortunately, you're right that you're not alone. Um, you know, I mean, we had last year there was a store in uh, Newton, Massachusetts that was uh, set to open up downtown again, right? Uh, about a uh, I think two or two or three doors down from a uh, a marijuana dispensary. Uh, the, the marijuana dispensary is fine, by the way. Uh, you know, but the, there were, there were a group of residents in Newton who said, uh, I, I don't want my kids walking past this gun store on the way to school, right? They're fine with, you know, maybe a contact high from the dispensary, but, uh, but not the gun store. Um, and that to me was the real wake up call where all of a sudden it's like, okay, this is a reputable business. They're trying to do everything, you know, by the, by the, by the law. They're crossing their T's, dotting their I's, making sure all the zoning and the coding's up to par. And then this group comes in and says, well, we just don't want gun stores around. Uh, and you know, and in that case, Newton actually revised their zoning laws and said, okay, well, gun stores can operate in this little corner over here, which is an industrial section. And maybe this little part right there on the town line, what was this like in, in Morgantown? So you talked about this group that formed, uh, in opposition, were they trying to stop big daddy from opening up in, in that particular location? Or did you get the impression that this was just any location was going to be problematic for these uh, individuals? Well, originally, it's all about the downtown because they say this is uh, should be a very safe area. They said there uh, we are within in five miles within this particular radius was 14 other gun stores and FFFs. So we were absolutely not unique. But their narrative was Big Daddy Guns was going to make them less safe. And we know that was just narrative. So um they pushed that, you know, quite far. However, because I started out as a grassroots activist and have been very um, 
politically active since 2013, got started in January of 2013, really. Um, first thing I did was fly into Morgantown and speak at their city council, um, which is a makeup pretty much like ours here in Gainesville, all progressive. But I said, you know, the people of the town don't know who I am or who Tony is, and they don't know what Big Daddy Guns is all about and how we run our particular business. So we went in, um, the opposition leader, she spoke, I spoke, and uh, Nick spoke. I felt we did a very good job of letting the people know who we are and how we intend to operate business. The reason we even got started for, in Big Daddy Guns was because I had heard for the very first time gun control. I heard that in 2012. At that time, I was not a gun owner. What mobilized me to go to my husband, because we were business owners, um, was, hey, they're going to try to do this gun control thing, and I don't even own a gun. So I wanted people to know uh, in that town that at the time, I was over 40 before I had decided to exercise my Second Amendment rights, but that I was there today because I believe so strongly in this that I am here to fight for that and help other people exercise their Second Amendment rights at prices they can live with. So that's always been one of our key things, as well as light, bright, super friendly gun stores. Because when I was going around uh, looking for advice on purchasing guns, I didn't feel that I was treated super excitedly. It was like, okay, she's a woman. She doesn't know what questions to ask. Um, and I wasn't taken seriously, yet I had money to buy. Yeah. So Tony and I decided right away we were going to do something different about that. But what I found out was the people uh, in this opposition group did not care. Uh, they were not excited. And they even went so far as to say, including the leader locally of the um, NAACP, they said um, they really have a problem with Big Daddy Guns, not the other gun stores. And they didn't care how much data I provided or statistics to prove our point. So that's when they decided to launch into the rezoning idea. They actively put a campaign together. They went and spoke again at the next city council meeting. They started a petition. Uh, they did the paperwork for the rezoning. And a point came where they realized they would not be able to get this voted in in time to stop us. They are still pursuing that, even though it wouldn't work against Big Daddy Guns. Mm -hmm. They're still pursuing it while continuing to state that they are staunch Second Amendment supporters. But yeah. we uh, declared that they are not two-way supporters, and they are also anti-freedom. So um, what they did then was do what many on the opposite side are very famous for, and they pressured the landlord. Not only did they pressure our landlord with threats and all kinds of campaigns, they began to pressure the anchor tenant in that location, which was Starbucks. Got Starbucks to actually pull out, saying that they didn't want to be in a location that was unsafe, which is ridiculous to our point, because this is a town that gives out free Narcan. Yeah. Right. So I cannot put two and two together with that. Yeah, and, and this, you know, you're, you're right, though. I mean, they do make the safety argument, and I, I've heard this before, where it's like, well, this is a, a mile away from a school. It's unsafe. I got to ask you, Sherry. First of all, I, I, I don't see any evidence that uh, uh, there's, you know, a, an increase in violent crime located around any gun stores. Uh, there was just a study I reported on over the weekend um, that looked at 
gun sales and violent crime rates and found no correlation between rising gun sales and crime rates. In fact, in, in most cases, increasing gun sales happened at the same time we saw a decrease uh, in violent crime. So I, I, I applaud you for pushing back against this whole idea that having a gun show or a gun store rather uh, makes a particular location unsafe. But as you say, it's not just it's not just, you know, the, the, the court of public opinion that you're fighting against here. This corporate pressure that's being right. applied, just as we've seen, you know, you, you, you've seen this yourself with the uh, the new merchant uh, category codes for gun stores. Right. Again, yeah. that came as a result of a pressure campaign, not a legislative change. And so ultimately, was that what put the kibosh on Big Daddy's opening uh, in Morgantown? Was it the the landlord saying, yeah, we just can't move forward here? Yes. Now, this was all the way down to the bitter end. We were supposed to open our store on September 15th. On September 13th, we arrived back in Morgantown. Uh, we wanted to come. It was our third trip. We wanted to come and let the people know um, from our own lips uh, what transpired. So we held a press conference and we let everybody know what happened. Um, and that was on Wednesday the 14th. And we did let everyone know that we were not given our key. So ultimately, the landlord has the authority. I cannot bust in and open up my shop without a key. So we did have to part ways. We were not happy about it. But the the pressure campaign did work. But I declare that the opposition, you know, they really did not win. They did keep us out. But... It's dead down there. Everybody knows it's a dead area. I believe we would have revitalized it. And as I said to the local people in the audience, we had made so many friends, including um, the local most popular, most well-respected firearms instructor, uh, um, elected officials at the highest levels. Um, we really did our own grassroots, which was basically just making friends. But in the end, the landlord, they're in it for money. We are in it for a mission. Tony and I have always been and stated mission over money, which is why we cannot be deterred. So in the process of still dealing with all of this, um, which has now been concluded, um, as far as did they win in keeping us out? Yes. But we went ahead and opened our seventh store in Columbia, South Carolina. And for actually a month or more, we have been getting uh, requests to come and join our town. Um, we've got property in this area. Come see us. We'll we'll support you. So we went and actually looked at lots of places while we were there because I feel like I owe it to Morgantown now to be there. Um, they deserve it. They wanted us. They supported us because what 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 I found out from them was we are not the only stores that have been shut down. Basically, if the opposition does not like you. They are going to pressure you. So the landlord, which was Hardy World, they may think they have gotten rid of, you know, all their pressure. But this new this group is now emboldened. They're called Protect Morgantown, which we knew they didn't take things seriously when we were able to buy the domain Protect Morgantown. So every time we were in town, we even held town hall and press was always wherever we were because we were the hottest topic in town uh, for months. I said, hey, if you want to learn more about um, about that, just go to protectmorgantown.com. And we were pointing that to any of our sites that we wanted. You know, 
So they're a fringe group. And let me tell you one other thing. Um, they got upset. I launched a challenge in Morgantown where I said, hey, the um, Deputy Sheriff's Association every year uh, raises money for underprivileged kids. They were 36 kids short when we decided to launch a campaign that said, hey, go big or go home. Put your money where your mouth is. Outraise us and we'll leave. So that made the news too, where they came and declared that they would not take us up on our challenge. But we went ahead and ended up raising $3,000 for those kids anyway. And then they said, oh, that was just a game, a PR stunt. But they had no problem a week later starting to raise money to commission an artist to make stickers and pamphlets against Big Daddy Guns saying coffee and community, not firearms and fear. <laughs> so we actually left Morgantown actually doing good, and we will endeavor to come back regardless. And like I told the press, from this day forward, it's not about, um, you know, do we want to go into this location and do you want to have us? Now I'm vetting landlords. If they don't have a spine that's stiff enough for big daddy guns to enter, then we are not going to choose them. Good for you. Good for you. And I'm glad to hear that you haven't given up on Morgantown either. Um, you know, because again, if you if you run away from one location, eventually you're not going to be able to, to to go anywhere, right? Because we are going to empower the other side to keep doing this. Right. Uh, and you know, listen. At the end of the day, we're talking about a, a, a legal product. We're talking about law-abiding customers, um, and we're talking about, frankly, a, a constitutional right, uh, a, a fundamental right. Yeah. And and you know, these things are worth fighting for. So, I'm glad to hear that you're not giving up the fight. I, frankly, I wish Farmville, Virginia, were big enough for a big daddy's guns, but uh, we probably need to grow our population a little bit before uh, you know you consider our particular area. But I know that you would be welcome, Sherry, uh, just as soon as we get a few more thousand residents in the area. In the meantime, what is your advice or, or maybe what's your request for, for customers and gun owners around the country when they see something like this happen in their communities, what do they do? How do they push back? How do they stop this from, from happening or from being successful? Well, that's a really great, great, great question. Um, what we did was we engaged. We did not run away. In fact, we doubled down. The night that we scheduled our town hall in a town that we do not live in, that we had two days to put together, we had 40 people in attendance and the opposition held a um, a protest uh, against us at our unoccupied location with only 12 people. And they even admitted that in various news articles, they were just a group of three to five people. They could never bring the numbers that we brought. So we did not run. We doubled down. A couple of experiences that I had that I wish were different out of all of the gun stores in town including what would be, uh, I would say, is probably the most popular because they also have a gun range. It's mm -hmm. the only one that people ever brought up to me because I engaged them even in their liberal Facebook groups. I mean, for weeks, I answered who we were. A any question they asked me, I answered. Whether it was on Facebook, I went on their local media, their TV, print articles, radio shows. I did everything to represent the Big Daddy brand. But when it came down to it, we did not get any support that we ever saw from any of the local gun stores. 
And in fact, one of them, that big one, agreed to host us for our press conference. And then the day, the few hours before I was to get on the plane, they canceled us because they didn't want the heat. I consider that to be so weak. I mean, people in the gun industry, sometimes what we've noticed, because Tony and I did not come into this with any knowledge of the gun industry. We came in from a grassroots perspective to protect and defend the Second Amendment. And what we have learned um, since 2013, because uh, we've grown exponentially, is that in the industry itself and at large, I would say people eat their own. And it's because people are afraid of competition. They fear all these other things when I wish we could band together on support of, as you say, our foundational, fundamental, constitutional right, which is the Second Amendment. Because when we are locked arms together, we are a much more immovable force. And so that's one thing, is that when a gun store is trying to come in, understand that we are already, you know, behind the eight ball. We're already, you know, going against the grain. If everyone would have welcomed us in and showed up besides the local, let's call them Second Amendment people, and we did have a lot of them, but if the other stores came in and said, hey, we're here, what's wrong with them? School shootings and all this other stuff aren't happening, and we've been here. So I think locking arms and focusing on the mission. Here's what I think the mission, the mission is. It's freedom, and it's the Second Amendment. And I believe the Second Amendment is what guarantees freedom. So if we can keep that in mind and don't back down, that's the one thing that we do uh, and do well is we don't back down. We just keep on going. So easy now people are pushed around. And though we may have lost this fight, we didn't lose it. You know, they didn't scare us away. They scared the landlord away. And so we can't go there. But we are not leaving Morgantown. I endeavor, Tony and I endeavor to be in Morgantown. I will not abandon that cause because they fought for us and we will fight for them. Sherry McKnight, the uh, co-founder and the chief happiness officer at uh, Big Daddy Unlimited and Big Daddy Guns. Listen, I can't thank you enough for coming on the uh, program today. I, I would love to uh, stay in touch and, and please keep us up to date, uh, not only with what's going on in Morgantown, but uh, any other future locations as well, will you? It would be my pleasure. Thank you so much, Cam, for inviting me on today. Absolutely. Thank you. Sherry McKnight joining us here on Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. I appreciate Sherry joining us on the program, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, touch base again in the very near future. Right now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll stop there, or start there, rather, with a... Uh, Story out of Hawaii, where a good Samaritans, I guess this could also be our good deed of the day, good Samaritans helped rescue a Hawaiian girl who was shackled on a school bus and then forced to smoke meth. The headline leaves out the part where she was kidnapped, uh, allegedly, by a guy named Duncan Mahi, 52 years of age, a guy with uh, a lengthy criminal history, uh, according to a Fox 4 in Hawaii. Uh, including previously charged with first-degree terroristic threatening in 2018. Well, uh, according to authorities, Duncan Mahi was uh, out on the streets when uh, he allegedly approached a 15-year-old girl and her boyfriend back on September 15th at a local beach. They robbed, uh, he allegedly robbed the couple at knife point. Uh, 
then forced the girl to tie up her boyfriend using zip ties, threatened to kill her if he got loose, and then he kidnapped the teenage girl, according to a police report. He led the girl allegedly to his vehicle, instructed her to put on a disposable mask and hat, uh, and then allegedly forced the 15-year-old to smoke methamphetamine. Police report says, fearing that she'd be harmed, the victim reluctantly smoked the methamphetamine out of a pipe provided to her by Mahi. He is then accused of sexually assaulting the 15-year-old, forcing her to smoke again in his vehicle. When they arrived at Mahi's property, he allegedly led the victim onto a uh, yellow school bus that had been parked there, then shackled her inside. Victim's boyfriend was eventually able to call 911. Police issued uh, issued an Amber Alert for the missing teen the same day that she went missing. The next day... The teenage girl allegedly convinced Mai to take her to a local restaurant. Once they got there, she was able to run away from Mai. Uh, Good Samaritans saw Mai and the victim fighting outside of the restaurant. They saw the girl trying to run away. Uh, The suspect allegedly told witnesses that uh, the 15-year-old was his daughter. One witness, though, said that's the girl on the news. Duncan Mai then allegedly fled into a vehicle. A witness photographed that car, alerted authorities, and he was taken into custody a, a short time later. Uh, again, the previous criminal history, no impediment to Mr. Mahi's freedom. But now that he is facing uh, kidnapping charges, as well as a, a slew of other offenses, perhaps this time around, justice will actually be done. Today's armed citizen story from uh, California, where police say a woman shot and killed a drunken intruder who was uh, tussling with her husband. We don't have uh, a ton of information about this, but uh, according to KCRA, and KTVU. This happened uh, Saturday night about 10.30 in Patterson, California. According to police, uh, when they arrived, they found 22-year-old Angelo Santana dead near the home's entrance. They were able to interview surveillance, or they were able to interview witnesses and look at surveillance video, and uh, they determined that Santana had become, quote, heavily intoxicated and had tried to force entry into the home. The uh, Santa Claus County Sheriff's Office uh, said in a Facebook post that uh, during the attempted home invasion, one of the home's owners, uh, a 45-year-old woman, tried to physically restrain, uh, excuse me, a, a 45-year-old man tried to physically restrain uh, Santana, was involved in a significant fight near the threshold of the front door. Uh, then uh, the 45-year-old's wife, uh, who was 50 years old, grabbed a gun that she had apparently uh, purchased just the day before. I guess the 10-day waiting period had expired the day before. Uh, and she opened fire at Santana. Santana was unarmed. He passed away from his injuries. The sheriff's office says that nobody's been arrested in connection with the shooting, which they call, quote, an example of strictly self-defense. Witnesses say that Santana had, quote, a history of alcohol substance abuse, wherein he would regularly show up unannounced, trying to find friends and acquaintances of his in the same neighborhood. So it is possible that Santana went to the wrong home, uh, but that does not excuse the fight with the homeowner. Uh, nor does the fact that Santana may have been heavily intoxicated uh, excuse those belligerent actions which uh, led the homeowner and his wife to believe that they were in legitimate fear of a death or great bodily harm, reasonable fear, when all of a sudden a stranger shows up at your door and starts attacking you because you won't let them inside. We will uh, keep our eyes open for any more details about this case, though, and bring them to you if and when they become available. Finally today, our good deed of the day, Denver, Colorado, where a, a landscaping company owner saw a, a recent news report about a disabled veteran who had been scammed. He spent 5000 bucks uh, to have uh, some yard work done because he doesn't have the ability to physically do it himself. But the guy that John Frank paid took the cash and then took off. Yeah. 
So Fox 31 in Denver ended up running a story about it. And just a couple of minutes after that story aired, the uh, owner of a, a local landscaping company, uh, Hector Alderete, uh, owns a neighborhood lawn care. He reached out to Fox 31 in Denver and said, hey, listen, I want to help Mr. Frank here. I want to do what I can to uh, see if we can, you know, get his yard looking good. So they did about, he and his crew did about $17,000 worth of work for John Frank, free of charge, because they wanted to help out this veteran in need. Eldoretta says it was more about his story. It just touched my heart, and I felt like doing it. It was nothing about the money. John Frank, meanwhile, tells Fox 31 that uh, uh, Alderade and his crew were kind and professional as they transformed his front and backyards. Uh, he said, uh, we need to hear the positive to make people know that there is hope that good things can happen. And he says that uh, Mr. Aldi's actions are an example of that. So in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to help a, a disabled veteran in need, Hector Eldorado, the owner of a neighborhood lawn care there in Denver, Colorado, we thank you for your very, very good deed. Now, that is unfortunately all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I do want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. We'll be back tomorrow. In fact, we'll be talking with Diana Muller of the DC Project on Tuesday's Bearing Arms Cam and Company. They're uh, doing some great work in the DC Project. We're going to get you caught up on all of the latest. Uh, speaking of getting you caught up on all the latest Second Amendment news and information, be sure to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day. We are constantly updating the website with the news you need to know about when it comes to your Second Amendment rights. I would also encourage you to become a VIP member at Bearing Arms. All you have to do, go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As our way of saying thanks for joining the uh, fight, we're going to give you exclusive news stories and analysis that you won't find anywhere else because your support does matter and it really does make a difference. All right, enjoy the rest of your Monday as best you can for a Monday. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free. <laughs>